Here's what's coming up on today's episode. Everything I do, everything, it comes down to what I want my girls to have and, and, and what kind of community do I want them to live in. Everything that I do, it's, it's, it's an extension of my, my love and my mothering of, of them. Welcome to the Crying in the Bathroom podcast with your co-host. I'm Beth Barodi. And I'm Heather McDonald. This is a podcast for women who have experienced the career highs, lows, and everything in between. So let's talk about them together. Join us while we share personal stories of our own, as well as bringing on some amazing guests to share their stories. We'll cover everything from corporate to nonprofit, parents and non-parents, promotions and job hunting, and so much more. Whether you're listening to us on your walk to the grocery store, while you're getting ready for work, or as you sit on the cold bathroom floor. Because let's face it, we've all been there. We're just happy you joined us. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today we have a really great guest who is joining us uh, on the podcast. It's someone both Heather and I know and love uh, and someone that I was realizing that I've known for almost as long as I've known Heather. So we've known each other for about 15 years. Uh, We've worked together, we've lived together, uh, we've shared many, many life experiences together. And so I'm so pumped that she is joining us this morning. So we will get right into it and with our rapid uh, fire questions with the first few of what's your name, what do you do, and where are you from and what city do you live in now? Okay, so well thank you so much for having me on your show. This is fantastic and I'm super happy to be here. Um, So my name is Leah Connor and right now I am a program assistant and research associate for the Masters of Public Service program at the University of Waterloo. And I was originally born in Nova Scotia and I moved to Ontario when I was about six and I live in Kitchener, Ontario. If you could live anywhere else in the world with keeping your job, keeping relationships, keeping everything, where would you live? I would live in Nova Scotia. I would live with my family out there. Okay. Uh, Do you have kids? I do have kids. I have two wonderful, amazing daughters. Um, Their names are Layla and Sophia. Layla has just turned 12 and Sophia is 10. They are really wonderful girls too. Uh, You have done a great job raising them so far. Um, Do you have any pets? (gasps) Of course, I have the son I never had. <laughs> His name is Luther, and he's the bestest boy in the whole wide world. He's only nine months old. He's my little puppy. Mm-hmm. And so the last question, you can take your time with answering, which is the essence of this podcast, is can you tell us a time when you have cried in the bathroom? Well, I, I do a lot of my crying in the bathroom. I think it's really <laughs> smart to cry when you're in the shower because... You know, there's no evidence. Like, if you need to just, like, discreetly cry, that is, that's my spot. That's my, that's my jam. Um, I cried in the bathroom a lot when I worked at Tim Hortons. Because I, I worked at Tim Hortons from when I was 14 to when I was 18. And there's something about uh, Tim Hortons and being an employee there. People just feel that they have the right to tear you down bring you down a couple notches all the time. I remember working on the drive-thru and there was a 
a guy and I, 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 I'm sure I messed up his order, although I feel that I was a very good employee, but, um, I can recall he just like looked me straight in the face and was like, do you have any people skills at all? And it just devastated me as a 14 year old girl. And I always thought that I really did have a lot of people skills. <laughs> so yeah, I remember going running to the, I was just like, I'm out through the headset down, went to the bathroom, cried my eyes out. But that was quite some time ago. You know, I feel like I've gotten over that. <laughs> I hope so. You're not holding on to that uh, moving forward? No. Yeah, yeah I, I re- more recently I cried in the bathroom, um, like working from home, actually. I was working with this guy who, who has a reputation for not being the most, most couth person uh, out there. But he does a good job in, in the you know, social action sort of realm. But uh, I, I was actually about to enter into a meeting that I was hosting virtually, of course, because this is during the pandemic. And it was with a, uh, a leader of a, of a party, um, a political party. And right before that, that the guy that I was working with decided he would want to bring me down a couple notches. And, uh, and, you know, just kind of threw me right off track. And, and I tried to take it as sort of a, you know, okay, he's just pushing me harder. He's just, I'm going to just, you know, I can tell that he really cares about this and that's why he's, you know, really pushing me. But in the end, after I cleaned myself up and went back into that next meeting, I was like, actually, there's lots of ways to motivate people. (laughs) And if you're crying in a bathroom right before a big meeting, that's probably not the best way to do it. one of like the most um, resilient, hardworking, kind of go-getter, figure-it-outers I have ever met in my life. Um, And I think, you know, one of the things that I admire about you so much is um, you're a single mom of two. You always kind of like bust your ass off in anything that you do. You went back to school for your master's when you were 29, 30? in that range, somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. went back to school to get your um, degree, do your master's. Now you're working for the university. Um, and you've also had a, like a lot of uh, experience within kind of the full realm of everything that kind of brings with like, you know, housing and making sure that you're being respected at work and making sure your girls are taken care of. Um, can you just tell us like a little bit about kind of your life journey and just like how you find that resilience and that kind of intrinsic motivation to kind of keep pushing forward. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for saying that. And I feel the exact same way about you. Um, And I just really appreciate those comments. That's really nice. Um, So, yeah, so I actually, I didn't go back to to university um, to finish my master's. I actually went right from my undergrad into my master's degree and but I just happened to take a decade to do my undergrad. <laughs> so all right. um you know, you know, I was just like I'm gonna hang around here for a bit. Um but so I started my undergrad in twenty eleven. 
in September of 2011, which happened to be the same year I left my husband. Um, my daughter was three months old. My other one, I don't know, was just a small toddler. And, uh, and we left him. We actually, we had nowhere to live. We were surfing on couches and, uh, just given my circumstances, uh, I was actually put on a affordable housing list because I, I was walking out of a marriage with literally nothing, um, nothing to my name and no real way, nowhere to turn. So, um, I actually ended up getting an affordable housing unit in Waterloo right by my school. And so that was, I got that unit in July of 2011 and then went to, started undergrad in September of 2011. And, um, I have to say, you know, I don't think I would have made it if I didn't have, you know, every step along the way. I, I appreciate that you always say, you know, you're so resilient and everything, you know, a lot of my ability to continue forward and to be successful in any realm is because of the people around me and because of, you know, um, people going out of their way to support me, whether that's friends that let me stay on their couches or it was, uh, professors that gave me lots of leniency when I was studying because they knew my situation. And so, I don't know. I, I, I feel like a lot of the time it's just sort of a roll of the die or the dice. And, uh, in, in a lot of ways I was really blessed, even though when somebody hears my story, they're like, okay, so you were homeless <laughs> at like 24 and you, you know, you're leaving a marriage and you had two young kids and you're a single mom all by yourself out in the world. Um, that doesn't sound like you had a good deck of cards, but you know, the truth is my hand was dealt and I got some adversity in that hand, but I got a ton of, uh, amazing gifts, uh, from the people around me. And that's really, that's really what keeps me going is, and then also as I progress is giving, getting the opportunity to give back to, um, hearing your story for sure. I think when when anyone tells their story, it's always, I feel like people always perceive it as like, yeah, oh my gosh, you've been through so much. And then when you've actually lived it, you're, you kind of like, well, really was, was it that much? Like, and you just kind of move on. And I think it is kind of those checks and balances a little bit to like, give yourself credit for what you were able to do, um, leaving that situation, having two young children, going back to school, having just moved, and then continuing to build on your education and then just career moving forward, I think is um, just really remarkable um, and just something to be really, really proud of. Uh, and I think, uh, I think both Heather and I would agree, like your girls have such a great example of like a strong woman, resilient woman kind of uh, before them in their mom and the way that you're raising them with just to be aware of the world, to be emotionally intelligent, to be like kind and caring is just like, I think probably stems a little bit from all of these experiences that you've had to, to where you are now. You're 
listening to Crying in the Bathroom, because let's face it, we've all been there. I am a part of the the Record, which is our local newspaper, um, their community editorial board, and I heard about this opportunity. They decided that they were going to, you know, implement this sort of uh, group in order to uh, be a critic, to bring different sort of perspectives, um, to amplify voices that are generally not heard in our community, um, especially in the media. Um, and trying to, uh, you know, address some of the inequalities there. And I heard, so I heard about this opportunity to become a part of the community editorial board. And I thought, oh, well, like, I'm not going to apply for that. I'm, you know, now a educated white girl. Like, I don't, you know, there's lots of other people that have a lot more things to say and, um, have a different sort of experience in life and the way that they walk through life and navigate the world um, just based on their appearance, right? I'm able-bodied. Um, uh, so I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. And then just just what I thought I wasn't going to do, I wasn't going to apply for the board. Um, in our community, there were flyers being handed out somebody had taken the time to type up this sort of flyer um, all about, uh, quote, interracial, mixed-raced children and relationships. And, you know, my kids, so their dad is Sudanese, so they're half black, they identify as black, and, um, and, you know, part of this flyer was, the fact that people of mixed race are less intelligent, they're more criminal, um, all of this sort of hatred and spewing of disgusting ideas. Uh, and, you know, somebody took the time to fold up each one of these letters and put them in an envelope and then go door to door to entire neighborhoods and put them in people's mailboxes. And I thought, Well, you know, I do have a perspective here, um, raising two black girls as a white woman. So I am going to apply. And I actually talked about, you know, how we've been involved in the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, back in 2015 or 2016, actually, you know, 2016, you know, there was a Black Lives Matter march. A lot of people didn't know about it because there was probably only about 20 of us or 40 of us out there after uh, there was the death of Andrew Loku by the Toronto police. Um, He was actually a Sudanese father of five. So that was really what, you know, brought us to the the march back then. And then fast forward to, um, you know, the, the huge, enormous... Uh, Black Lives Matter march that happened here in our community. There was tens of thousands of people there in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, it's been really amazing to be a part of something that you can see is gaining momentum and you can see is, is uh, you know, becoming a part of the normal zeitgeist where it felt like it was just pockets of us sort of talking about these issues now, you know, with the community editorial board, those sorts of initiatives, they're bringing 
all of these issues out and we're laying them to bear. And so I'm really honored just to be, it's such a privilege to even get an opportunity to write for the paper because, you know, that's where I get to talk about these issues and, uh, and that's how I got involved. A lot of the articles that you've written, um, for the record, I think I get the, I get the privilege of going on morning walks with you and getting to hear you (laughs) say like, I think I'm going to write about this, or I think that this is going on and we need like more people need to know about this. And every time you put an article out into the world, like it's just so good because you're not sugarcoating anything. You're like, you've spoken about defunding the police and talking about police budgets. You've talked about heritage homes. You've talked about Black Lives Matter. Like you've talked about um, the, uh, that statue in Baden um, and the, the activities that were going around removing that statue. Uh, like you just talk about things that actually need to be spoken about. And I think that a lot of people don't have that same courage that you do. Um, a lot of people are comfortable speaking about it in kind of groups of friends or groups of like mm-hmm. close confidants, but actually like putting yourself out there. And I, and I know because you've told me you've gotten backlash <laughs> from those articles. You get like crazy comments that people say or other people that like work with you who don't have like those same opinions, but yet you continue again and again to just kind of do the right thing by showing up and saying, no, we need to talk about this. Um, And that's so important. And I think that gives other people, and I can say this for myself in particular, like it it gives other people that kind of courage to say, oh, I can do that too. I can talk about this too publicly, or I can call out if I'm seeing something that's happening. Um, And I think that takes just a very brave and courageous person to be able to do that and continue to show up, write these articles, be that voice, um, and use the privilege that you do have for something so good and something that just needs to happen. Well, you know, that's just it is I get to say things and because I look the way I look, you know, it reaches an audience that maybe somebody else it wouldn't reach. And I also, I'm in a privileged position. I'm protected in a lot of ways. So there's an obligation there for me to talk about these things. So my messages sometimes get across, but they're the same message as what anybody else is saying. But um, it's a priv- it is a privilege to get to do that, and and it's an obligation as well. There's not there's not an option in my mind. There's just not an option for me because the truth is everything I do, everything, it comes down to what I want my girls to have, and 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 what kind of community do I want them to live in everything that I do? It's, it's, it's an extension of my, my love and my mothering of, of them. Our conversation with Leo was so interesting that it was really hard to cut back on content. So we're going to ask you to check back in with us soon for part two of this episode. We're going to talk about diversity, racism, uh, sports and moral signaling on social media. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening to Crying in the Bathroom. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at Crying in the Bathroom Podcast. Thanks again for joining. Thank you.